and welcome to the second episode of Vaco Soundbites. Um, I'm back here again with Peter Banks, and I'm not sure what the weather's like where you are, Peter, but it's blowing a gale here in Manchester. Well, I think the correct term up here is blown a hoolie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, the, the door was blown off last night. I'm, I'm amazed the house is still standing, but uh, we've made it to our second episode, which I think beats all the expectations that, uh, that we, were, we were thinking of. So this is really exciting. Um, we're back for, for round two. We are indeed, and thank you to everyone for their feedback after our first episode. We're bringing you the second part of Jane and Zen's interview today. Um, Before that, we thought it might be a good opportunity to introduce um, ourselves. As I said last week, um, my name's Josh. Um, I'm the administrator for Vaco, and I have been for about two and a half years now. I'm also a freelance oboist and working with orchestras in the northwest. Uh, Peter, what's your connection to Vaco? Again, as as John said last week, who you know scandalously haven't been on a course before. Can you explain what what your relationship to Vaco is? My connection with Vaco started quite a few years ago. I was at university, and I got an email from uh, a couple of friends who said, there's this amazing course in Yorkshire and would I like to go? And I kind of looked at it and went, well, what does anyone do between Christmas and New Year? And other than eat a lot, does anyone do anything between Christmas and New Year? And I I decided that this year I wasn't going to turn into a uh, a pumpkin and and kind of look absolutely vast and roll down a hill somewhere. I'd actually do something sensible with my time and productive. And so I applied for this course called the Vacation Chamber Orchestra in North Yorkshire, thinking there's absolutely no way that they will accept a violist like me. They will accept real musicians. Um, And uh, somehow uh, they allowed me to come and join. And we played the most extraordinary programme of music. Uh, It was uh, Brooks Double Viola Clarinet Concerto, uh, Silvestri uh, pieces for strings. It was absolutely delightful. And um, for me, what has continued through all of the Vaker courses are the friendships of uh, people that we met. And you know, I'm still in touch with so many of those people on that first course. That's what makes Vaker for me, is, is all, all of the, the, the friends that we have that make up our musical lives. And um, so that, that continued for many, many years. And um, thankfully, Jane and Zen put up with my viola playing. And now uh, I come along and I still get to, to play with Vaco as uh, we, well, I suppose you and I um, get to look after everyone who's on the course and make sure that everyone is, is OK and um, enjoying themselves. And that's, that's been a real pleasure to, to be involved with for the last Oh, three years, I think, four years now. Mm. Um, and it's been absolutely stunning. Well, Peter, it definitely is an invaluable member of the Vaco team. So now getting back on track, we'll be playing the second part of Jane and Zen's interview with John Thorne. We'll be back in a few minutes. Um, you, you mentioned soloists. Uh, one of the things I note from Vaco is that a lot of the soloists come from within the ranks of the orchestra. That oh, seems a, a very exciting thing to be able to do as a member. Yeah, I mean, that, that again, I mean, it's part of the general policy. You know, I was saying that we, that we move the players around and that they, they, you know, different people get a chance to leave. That every time you come in a Vaco, of course, you get sort of slightly better. It's not organised like that. You know, the, the regular players, as they get better, they get more chance to leave, more chance to be, you know, first five in the string quartet or whatever. And then the better ones still, and the ones that 
we've been breeding two or three years and obviously exceptional. They get the opportunity to do concertos as well. So we very, very rarely bring in the solos from outside. They're always either current or ex fake members. And, and of um, course, the added thing to that is that when they've been through all that and and during their time at Baco, they also get the opportunity to play in various other organisations that we organise orchestrally. Uh, even some paid with a little bit of money, which helps them. So there is a regular contact with all of them, uh, and there's no there's no compunction to play or to do things, you know, we don't expect them, but we offer it to them. Mm-hmm. And many people have learned an awful lot of things, quite a lot of the choral works and things like that, which we have to do and, you know, pay a little bit of money and there they are doing it. And they're absolutely amazing. You know, their skills improve the whole time. Yeah. One of the, I think one of the problems for an awful lot of people studying at the university and college, music college, is repertoire. There's no time, there really isn't time in your college, you know, three years, four years, whatever it is, to cover anything like the amount of repertoire that you need. Because you have to remember that if you go out into the profession, the best you're likely to do is get a trial or a bit of extra work. Or you get a job on trial with the Liverpool Villa, whoever it is to be. And you go in there and what, almost everything you play, they'll have already rehearsed and played it several times. So you'll come in and they'll top and tail one rehearsal in the afternoon and you've got to play the concert. And if you don't know the repertoire, you haven't got a chance. So you not only have to be good at the side reading and very adaptable, but you need to know these pieces. I can remember one course we did in Italy where towards the end of the course we had some spare time. So we got some repertoire out and I had Mozart 40. Well, surely everybody knows Mozart 40. And we just ran through it. We had some conducting students, so they were learning to conduct it as well. And they, we went around the orchestra and there was only one person in the orchestra who had actually played Mozart 40 before. I mean, it should be in everybody's repertoire. And so it's so important, and so as Jane was saying, it's not just the VACO courses, that gives you the chamber orchestra repertoire, which you don't get that much at college and university. But we also, we do the choral gigs, and we do the St. Cecilia orchestra gigs, playing an immense amount of repertoire. And this is where the students get the chance to learn and play these pieces, which is so important if you're going into a career. Even as a teacher, if you're going to end up teaching, you've got to, you know, you've got to know how to teach people the orchestra repertoire. So, you know... That's one of the most important things about what we do. Mm-hmm. For, for an average course size of, I think, what is it, probably about 25 to 40, 45 people, give, give or take, depending on what the repertoire is, there's a phenomenal number of ex-VACO players in very high places in the profession uh, worldwide, as you've mentioned. Uh, I was just wondering if you can think of where they are and t- tell us about that a little bit. Where, where the student, the ex- Yeah. Are they, yeah. Oh, I mean... I mean, we've got horn players. Well, Ian, Ian was principal horn in the Christchurch Symphony Orchestra. He went to NZSO, and now he's in Melbourne, is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got Emma, who was leader of Seattle Symphony Orchestra. She's now leader of uh, Tasmanian Orchestra in Hobart. Um, we've got people in China. RPO. Mm-hmm. We've got people in, uh, well, LPO. They've all been everywhere. Bournemouth with you when yeah. you were there. And... Uh, over in Ulster, oh, yeah. uh, oh, they're over in China. Uh, I'm just trying to. They're, 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 I mean, I think when when we watch the proms or something <laughs> like that on television, I'm always saying, 
Jane, just check me up, get your mobile out. I'm go, sure that sounds good. I'm sure that sounds good. <laughs> and she goes to the phone, oh, are we know. Almost every auction in this country, and a lot around the world. We find ourselves in a very strange time, and obviously the world is doing funny things right now. I know Vaco's done things differently over the past year to try and help look after people's musical lives in these times. Perhaps you'd like to talk to us about how, what you've done and what the plans are for the future it, uh, currently as things stand. What we've done, I suppose, uh, many thanks to Josh, is um, we've, we've done online masterclasses and all sorts of uh, tremendous number of different things. And we'll carry on doing as much as we can of that. But let's hope that we can get going sometime. I think it's unlikely that we'll manage anything this summer, but uh, uh, it's there in the background if there's a possibility. I would certainly hope we can do a Christmas course this year. Um, and then in the future, we'll just have to do everything we can to bring music back to everybody and to, and to get people back into appreciating a live performance because it is so different. You know, I mean, even as a conductor, you feel it. You know, you're standing up there and you can sense what the audience is expecting. You come to a pause and you think they're, they're expecting you to go on, so you hang on a bit longer just for fun, or vice versa. You know, you're always responding subconsciously, maybe a lot of the time. And that's so, the live music aspect is so important. Um, so we'll do that. And the, the other thing that we are doing, uh, we quite recently did a, a recording of two pieces by Richard Shepherd. Uh, they're sort of a bit like Peter and the Wolf, they're with a, with a narrator, but they're uh, not for full symphony orchestra. At least one was originally full symphony orchestra, but Richard Shepherd, the composer, allowed me to reduce it to dectet. You know, uh, string quartet, string quartet, double bass, and wind quartet, and then we commissioned another one from him called the Musicians of Bread, the, the uh, Selfish Dragon, and which is very similar, great fun, and they both include a song, a charming song that um, the kids have to learn. You either teach it or they learn it beforehand, and we use it to go around schools and doing educational concerts, showing the kids all the instruments, doing a little bit of thing. So that's that's part of what our future plans. But otherwise, I don't think we want to do anything different. We want to do it better. <laughs> That's all we want to do. Just keep doing things, keep it, keep it happening, and, and, and improve. It could perhaps just be a little harder to do it after this yeah. awful time that we've all had. So we're going to have to work harder at doing it, aren't we? And finding the people who can actually respond to 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 what we're trying to do. And uh, maybe we have to change things very slightly in order to bring those people through and excite them again. I mean, it, it is so hard, I think, and it's going to be quite a long slog, but it's not to say that it shouldn't be done. I'd like to one, one other point is that don't, don't think that VACO is only there for students who want a career in music. Tremendous number of our uh, ex-VACO players have gone into other professions. Especially doctors, we've got so many people who went to people went to music college, studied music, and then went off and studied medicine and became doctors. But they still want to keep on playing. But there are lots of kids, lots of students who are very, very good, incredibly high standard, but aren't thinking of music as a profession. And I think there'll probably be more of those in the future. But that doesn't mean we neglect their music. We help them to get that music up there. So, so we've got a great, you know, amateurs, if you like. They're not amateurs, but you know what I mean. They're people who just play for fun and want to play, and they want to play at a high standard. And, of course, we need that because amateur orchestras need to help, and they're going to need a lot of help. And amateur orchestras are the biggest source of audiences for professionals mm -hmm. because these people will always go and listen because they love it. Mm -hmm. 
and they understand it. So it's all part of the whole big scheme of trying to get live music back again. Whether we'll be able to do it around Europe is a different matter, That's, but we'll not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Good. Well, uh, Zen and Jane, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, and and before you finish, yes. John, I'm sorry, you can't get away with that so lightly. <laughs> I'd like to ask you what you got from Vaco. Um, well, Vaco for me was very special. It is very special in many ways. I think the first thing would be a love of learning, a love of understanding what you don't know and, and relishing that. Uh, the second of all was a great love of having fun whilst making music, not repeating rehearsals, but actually really in the moment, spontaneously listening to somebody, you know, second clarinet, second bassoon, and, oh, they've done that differently. How exciting. Right, I'm going to do this as a result of that and trying to set off chain reactions all the time. Um, so musically, that and an ethos of always searching for the most of whatever you have. I don't know what I've got, but I've, that ethos of searching for whatever it is stays with me to this day, and that's hugely from doing Vaco for so many years. Um, but just so many good friends and uh, amazing lifelong friends who I cherish very dearly, and that's, that's a great thing to carry in life. Well, uh, it's been a great pleasure, as always, to talk to you both, and uh, we'll see you soon. I hope so. Well, there you have it. Um, thanks to John for being involved in interviewing Jane and Zen. So, Josh, I, I hear that since that last episode was recorded, we have a few extra dates in our diary for Vaco. Would you like to introduce them? Yes, so as we alluded to in last week's episode, we have a series of online masterclasses running this Easter with Stephen Alton, Amy Yule and David Routledge, who, of course, is now principal violin of the BBC Scottish Symphony Orchestra. How could I have missed that last week? I obviously haven't been reading the biographies well enough, Peter. It's shocking, isn't it? So Josh has just asked me to say goodbye this week. We will be back on the 28th of March. But until then, it's absolutely time to keep practising. We'll see you at a VACO course very soon. Yeah.